3: It is the 22nd of November, and I am here at the helm with my brother in the martial arts, Sifu Robert Deal. Hey, Bob. How's it going over there, man?
4: Good. You know, it seems like I just saw you 48 hours ago.
3: Yes, you did. 48 hours ago. Sifu Bob came up here to Seattle for a change. For a change. (laughs) I normally go down there to Burbank. And uh, we had a blast in the short couple of days he was here. Uh, you know, we, you went to the Needle. He went to the Space Needle. And uh, we visited... Uh, we, what else did we do? We visited Bruce and Brandon Lee's grave site and paid our respect. And I took you to Dick's Drive-In. <laughs> I took you to yep. go get some dicks. <laughs> I, got a, I got a dick burger, yep. Yep, and... What else did we do? We didn't have that all that much time. I mean, there's so many cool places to go out here. So that means you just have to visit a little more often so that way we could, you know, slowly do the Seattle stuff. Oh, we went to the Pike Place Market. Yes. We went to the Pike Place Market. So, yeah, you should visit a little more often considering <laughs> considering I come down there a lot. Yeah, And this year it looks I like know. I'm going to be in California like, what, twice? In the same month again, <laughs> twice—not to, not to see me, right? Once to see me
4: and do Dragon Vest and once for some other conference.
3: Yep, for the PAMA Tri Organization Camp, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that when we uh, get into our announcements and stuff like that. But it was fun. It was really cool. It was kind of—it was kind of weird, dude, because it was out of context. Because normally, I—I I associate. Seeing Bob and all my friends when I have to wear a t-shirt, <laughs> so I'm here. I am seeing Bob, and I'm wearing you know my little neck scarf and a and a warm vest and wool. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, right? And, and Bob's wearing a sweatshirt, <laughs> and of course you know it's like cold at night, kind of freezing your butt off and stuff. But but yeah, that was really fun. Um, but since we're on the subject, why don't we uh just talk a little bit about the, the screening that we did yes. for the martial arts kid on Wednesday. So what are your thoughts on the screening?
4: Well, you know, it was a it was a good movie. I am and pardon me, James, and I know you probably feel the same way because he, he's seen that a dozen times. <laughs> but uh that was, you know, that was my fifth time.
3: Yep, yep, it was.
4: This was like those old kung fu movies where by the time you were done, you could, you knew the words. It was like when my kids were young and they could sing along with the movies because they'd seen them a thousand times.
3: <laughs> we could just, maybe it'll become a cult classic and we can act it out like Rocky Horror Picture Show.
4: <laughs> That's right. Oh, I have a story to share. Okay, uh, uh, okay. After, okay. after we, we discussed this, but we had a great... Uh, uh, a great discussion afterward everybody just loved the movie thought mm-hmm. it was a real powerful message because it's opening yep. up in small pockets all over the country Houston mm-hmm. and New York and Chicago and Seattle and California this is why I've seen it four times in California and saw it mm-hmm. once in Seattle uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the theater was great they were really gracious hosts I had a blast uh, your students were there a lot of your students were there Morningside Academy, your other job, there a, a lot of students were there from that. Uh it was a great night. We had a blast. Then we went hand to
3: Dix. Yes we did. Yes we did. <laughs> it was it was it was it was cool. I, I must say, you know, it was my first time outside of the trailers seeing the movie. And I thought it was I thought it was very well done. Uh, The cinematography was great. The fight scenes were great. They weren't, like, over the top, uh, which is expected for, like, if you're going to do, like, you know, self-defense. It's not supposed to be, like, ten minutes long and, you know, and stuff like that for, you know, for fight scenes and stuff like that. And, you know, and it reflected um, the main character's um, skill in the martial arts at that time, in that timeline, right? Right. So, you know, I I thought it was very well done. Um very good um depiction of the uh the other martial arts talent that was there. Um very very cool stuff. A very great movie, great message. I suggest that people do see it if it is screening in their city. Um and uh, you know, you know what 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 drove me insane was the cliffhanger at the end. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say, folks. Let me tell you what. Bob and I really hope that there's the possibility for a martial arts kid, too. (laughs) And if there is, Bob and I will be all over that like white on rice. That's right.
0: That's right. We
3: will be. Yep. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that that was fun. And it was really fun visiting with you up here in Seattle. So let's... uh, Let's make that happen a few more times, shall we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: so here's what happened. Everybody now knows I'm a Lyft driver. I drive for Lyft now. Mm-hmm. Last night, I got this guy that I'd driven before, and he lives really close to me. We were ta- I was talking about just getting back from Seattle, and and I told him about the movie and about it opening in different places because Indians just. Man, I you know what? I was involved in one of those two. I just finished this movie, and it's opening in New York tonight, opening in L.A. first. I said, oh, really? You were in a movie? What movie was that? And I couldn't believe what came out of his mouth. He said, Samurai Cop
0: 2. <laughs>
4: and I was like, really? Really? Well, my my buddy and I interviewed Matt, Lauren Langdon, Jocelyn Liu, Gerald Akamora. And he's going and and then he started, "Who are you i and I started telling him about the show, and I said I was at the premiere and saw what bailing didn't have on, and they all started because he was with his wife, his wife was there. Then they told me that they were there for the unveiling at the at, of the flying guillotine at the martial arts History Museum, and I was standing oh, right wow. next to him and didn't even know it,
3: oh wow, and
4: he's gonna he's <laughs> gonna set us up to have the actual executive producer come on our show for uh, Samurai Cop, uh, the series, the, t- the the sequel to the first one.
0: Oh,
3: cool! Very nice.
4: So that's gonna be cool. But the guy was in New York because that it was opening in New York.
3: Oh, okay. So similar
4: to Mark Lars kid. Right on. So there right you have on. it. So
3: check that out. Check that out, folks. Samurai Cop Two or One, I guess if you want to follow it. You know, speaking of speaking of movies with with uh, sequels and stuff, I just found out today about a movie called The Raid. And it's got the most incredible Kali Silat fight scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I, I posted one of the fight scenes on my Facebook page. I shared it from another friend's page and I was like, holy crap, crambits. How cool is that? I mean, how often do you see that? Wow! You know, <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, cozy. when you
4: when, well, when you said the raid, I was thinking bug spray.
3: Yeah, right. Well, actually, the the, <laughs> the first movie I know that's what I thought too. Raid one, raid two, but it's actually called the first one was called raid the raid redemption. It was uh-huh. you know the raid, you know dot, dot. redemption. So um, and raid two, I don't know what that's called, but apparently. I can get a free month on DVD.com, so if I sign up, I got 30 days to watch both movies and then cancel the $4.99 a month charge. So anyway, right. the the Raid Redemption, incredible. I heard that at least the first movie. I don't know about the second movie. I'm assuming so that the movie is all fights, pretty much. It goes from one fight to another with a little bit of dialogue. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm I'm on that. I'm on it. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right.
4: Well, why oh, don't we go I do have
3: another. There, there is oh, another
4: movie coming out. I just found out about today it's called Kickbox: Boxer Revenge. It's with Kid TJ Boxer Storm Vengeance. and and uh, Matthew Zip again. From both of them from the Martial
3: Arts Kids. Yes. Wow. Who's directing that one?
4: Wish I knew. Mm. Uh, he just posted it today. James Lewis, something to do with it. Uh, Pierre Bazooka, you know, Joe Bazooka's brother. But, <laughs> you know, you know, Bazooka bubble <laughs> Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <sighs> with those comics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's.
4: That. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So I can't wait until that comes out. It's it's going to be pretty cool.
3: Very cool. So yeah, we should see about. Getting some of those people on the show and and following that movie, too. That would be cool. So, Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and get started with birthdays? Who do you have for birthdays there, Stephen Bob? Oh, I, I was going to sneeze. uh
4: Gerald uh, Akamura, his birthday is on the 23rd. Your inductee to the Masters Hall of Fame this year, Peter Reif. His birthday is on the 24th. Uh, Grandmaster and Benny the Jet Arquitas' brother, Alfred Arquitas, his birthday is on the 26th. And those are my
3: birthdays of the week. Right on. I've got a couple, too. Let me uh, see if I can find them now. Uh, Oh, here we go. Today... Today is my Filipino martial arts sister's birthday, Amy Kerniger, Guru Amy. Her birthday is today. Happy birthday, Ames. Also, I'd like to send a shout out to Sifu Chen Shen of the Chen family, of Chen Tai Chi. Her birthday is also today. Um a prior student of mine who moved to Japan and is living in Japan right now, Jake Kazdal, his birthday is also today. Um you already said Gerald Okamura and I'd like to put another shout out out there to another prior student of mine, Annette Dong, her birthday's tomorrow, same day. Annette, wait a minute, wait wait a minute. I, Annette what? Annette Dong. It's a Chinese, it's a legitimate Chinese name. Get your freaking okay. head out the gutter. <laughs> I guess it could. I guess it could be worse. First name, she could be a dude, and her first name could be Richard. So anyway, um, oh, and his last name had yes. Yeah, 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 or just Dick, Dick, right. <laughs> Dick Dong. You know. All right. So I want to send another shout out to a knife throwing uh, extraordinaire friend of mine, Randall Bo McNeese, who's made a lot of my knives. His birthday is on Tuesday the twenty fourth. Um, did you say Gerald Rivera, or just Gerald Okamura? No. Okay, so Gerald Rivera sure, sure. Also his birthday is also birthday's on on Tuesday the twenty fourth. And who else do we got here? You already said Alfred Urquides, and I think. Oh, hold on, we got to do Saturday. I'm looking through Saturday. Oh, and a kung fu a friend of mine, Riza her birthday is on saturday the twenty eighth so for everybody having a birthday the week of today the twenty second to i when was when was saturday again november twenty eighth
0: this tune is for you i wanna wanna wish you a happy birthday i wanna wanna help you celebrate
1: I want to help you eat your cake If you're bossy, party in the island way You'll be jamming all night to the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have no worries, don't you
0: hesitate It's time to bossy, bossy, time to celebrate
3: Happy birthday, everyone. Have a great birthday week. All right. So um, let's go ahead and get moving to some events and announcements. Do you have any events on your end there, Sifu Bob? Not this week. Okay. Well, I want to start a early notice about the upcoming Tri-Organization Camp that is being held by... Uh, PAMA, the Pacific Association of Women's Martial Artists, the NWMAF, the National Women's Martial Arts Federation, and AME, the Association of Women's Martial Artists. These are the big three women's martial arts organizations in the United States. And um, this is going to be the first time in the United States that these three organizations are going to come together and throw a jointly run training camp and um we we have uh the board of directors from each of the the organizations meeting uh via email um to help plan, to help plan out this camp so that way it's uh, beneficial to every uh, each of the organizations and, and to every attendee now the camp is slated for July 20th through the 24th of 2016 and it's going to be held at North Central College in Naperville, Illinois. Now, how close that is to Chicago, I have no idea. I don't know anything about Illinois. But we we have some tentative estimates as to the numbers of people. Um, now, normally at PAMA, we average anywhere between like 150 to 200 attendees just in our camp. NWMAF and WMAF and AmE average about the same. We are we are predicting an average of about five to 600 people attending this camp. This is going to be awesome. This is so going to be awesome. And um, these camps are open to all women, any martial arts style, even if you don't do martial arts and you're curious about it, you know, check it out. Check out one of the, uh, one of the um, organizations in your area. Now, PAMA is more of West Coast, and NWMAF and AME are more like, uh, you know, mid-United States and eastern United States. So, um, you know, check them out and, uh, you know, ask the organizations um, for information. If you're – if you um, like, for example, if you want to attend and you don't have experience and stuff like that, you would be welcome. And uh, each of these organizations are very supportive in their own right – for uh, women and teen girls that are trying to find a martial art or are looking for uh, an activity like martial arts to, to to help them find their power again or to enhance the power that, that they already have. So July 20th through the 24th, 2016 in North Central College, Naperville, Illinois. So, and uh, we're going to keep announcing this, like, <laughs> up until up until the time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it looks like uh, Grandmaster Tony Collins tried calling us, and he tried using Skype, and it wouldn't go through. I don't understand why. Um, but if anyone wants to Skype us to join us for the discussion later, which is just going to be a bunch of different martial arts subjects, let me just kind of go over a few of the subjects that Bob and I and, and any of our callers are going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about um, the importance of diet or fitness. Uh, we just want to get people's opinions and thoughts about these subjects. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give out any any diet or fitness uh, tips or anything, and neither is uh, seafood Bob. We just want to get people's um, experience, I guess, and thoughts on these subjects. Uh, flexibility. How important is flexibility in the martial arts? Uh, how about grappling? Let's talk a little bit about grappling and, and it's blending into traditional arts. And uh, that, that'll that be interesting to talk about because a lot of people do think that if you just put grappling into a traditional art, that it's automatically MMA. And uh, I kind of have to beg to differ on that. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Getting started in the martial arts at a late age, like let's say middle age? Um, and how about important facets of self defense or self protection? Let's hear what you have to say about that. How important is traditional terminology in the martial arts? Is it a choice or is it required? Uh, how about archaic weapons? And also, I'd like to talk a little bit later about reality junkies. <laughs> So, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. So, uh, with that said, if you want to Skype us to join the conversation, what you want to do, folks, is if you're getting the link on our Facebook page, what you want to do is actually click through until it takes you to the actual blog talk radio marquee for our show. And at the top of the player, there should be a, a, a blue button with an S in it. That's Skype. So, you want to click it, and if you have Skype installed on your computer, you sh- it should take you to the Skype application, and you can use Skype from there. Now, if for some reason that doesn't work, because on some computers, you click the S button, and it says, it looks like you have Skype installed on your computer. Do you want to use it? And if you click it, nothing happens. Well, what you want to do is open Skype first, and then go to the browser, hit the button, um, and see if that works. And if all else fails, <laughs> give us a call on your cell phone, three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. That's our East Coast, East Coast number. So I'm going to tell Grandmaster Tony to give us a call. Give us a call at 347 Okay. He's also on the chat board. Yeah. Is he? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that said, uh, before we get into our main discussion, let's move on to our other news. So let's go on to health news. Now, <laughs> Bob, have you, ever, have you ever joked around with buddies like, you know, oh, I'm just allergic to exercise whenever you have like a, a bad workout or something? I'm just allergic to exercise. <laughs> have you ever done that?
4: Well, Well, I've done that with work training my my wife
0: my oh. my
4: the, the my friend who lives in Seattle uh, my co workers
3: it's too bad that you're allergic <laughs> anyway so you know i mean you know i've i've joked around like that too you know if if i've got like a lackluster workout or something like that i just go ah. i guess i'm just allergic to exercise but um did you know that other than the fact that, you know, the people that use that excuse may be, you know, out of shape or tired or whatever. Did you know that some people really are allergic to strenuous physical activity? <laughs> did you know that? Really? I, no. I, this
0: is for real. No this idea. is for
3: real. This is called exercise induced anaphylaxis. Yep, the same anaphylaxis you can get if you eat something that you're allergic to or get stung by a bee and you're allergic to bees wow. or something like that. Because if you have that condition, exercise induced, induced anaphylaxis, you will get the same symptoms after or during exercise. And they're identical to the symptoms of anyone else that's experiencing an allergic attack and and like I said this isn't a joke this you know this is no joke because in some people it can be very serious and in a few cases even fatal so it's um I'm getting this uh, story off of CNN health and it says if you're concerned that you might be predisposed to exercise induced anaphylaxis It's time to examine your symptoms and reactions a little more closely. Your doctor may also want to conduct an exercise challenge test on a treadmill or a stationary bicycle. I guess in a situation like that, when you take the tests right there in the doctor's office, I guess you won't have to worry about your throat closing up or anything like that. But this is what it looks like. Um, According to the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology, there are four basic stages to an attack of exercise. Induced anaphylaxis. Number one, the pro-domal, the prodomal stage, early stage, full established stage, and late stage. Now, one by one here, let's talk about the prodomal stage. It marks the very beginning with the appearance of the first symptoms. You might experience like a little itching sensation on your skin, and you you might feel the urge to scratch. You might also notice an uncomfortable sensation of warmth and fatigue. Now, during the second phase, you might develop hives. Hives. <laughs> um, the third, or full-established phase, is when the airways begin to swell. You'll soon start to experience choking and high-pitched wheezing, which accompanies harsh, um, which is called stridor, which uh, usually accompanies harsh breathing. You might even experience certain certain gastrointestinal symptoms like nausea and vomiting. And the late phase, last but not least, is when you develop a splitting headache that could last for a couple of days. Now, if you experience these symptoms, you want to call for medical help as soon as you can. For minor incidents, an antihistamine may help, but in a more serious event, you will likely need epinephrine. So if you've already experienced one episode, you should always carry an EpiPen um, or a TwinJet, twinject, sorry, and you may want to start wearing a medical alert bracelet. Now, I know, it's scary, right? Now, how do we prevent it? But, if yeah. You're, how do we prevent it if you're predisposed? Um, you want to watch for symptoms. Some research suggests that you can ward off an attack if you can identify it during the very early stage and address the problem. Don't keep going through your workout. Stop exercising and rest. Number two, avoid trigger foods. It's not very common, but certain foods and medicines can trigger an episode of anaphylaxis in some people when they exercise. Now, some of these common food culprits are shellfish, peanuts, tomatoes, and wheat. Now by itself, however, the food doesn't cause the anaphylaxis, but the exact mechanisms and prevalence haven't been well established yet. You'll have to learn how long to wait before exercising if you've consumed one of these triggers. Additionally, the American Family of the American Academy of Family Physicians suggests that you might be better off waiting 4 to 6 hours after eating before exercising even if you don't have a particular trigger food. So that's weird, right? I mean, you know, you might not be allergic to shellfish or peanuts or tomatoes, wheat or gluten or whatever, right? But if your if your body has this condition, if you eat it before you work out, you will get anaphylaxis. Isn't isn't that weird? Okay. Wow,
4: that is great. Yeah,
3: it is um, number three. Skip the over-the-counter painkillers. All right. Um, non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs and aspirin seem to trigger anaphylaxis in some people during exercise. Number four, take an antihistamine. Certain antihistamines may help you ward off an attack. You want to talk to your doctor before you go this route, however, to get a recommendation, as certain meds have fewer side effects than others. Number five, watch the weather. If it's really cold or really hot outside, you might want to delay your workout. Number six, exercise with a partner. Exercising with a buddy has multiple benefits, including a second set of eyes to watch for symptoms. Find a trusted friend or a partner, whom you can educate about exercise induced, induced anaphylaxis and how to address it, including how to administer basic life support and how to use the EpiPen. Wow! Exercise induced wow. anaphylaxis. I know. That's, that's pretty You well. know what?
1: What the
4: worst thing that ever happens to me is I get, the, I get the I get
3: the walking far <laughs> <laughs> so Every time you take a step, you kind of go boot poot 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 poot. poot.
4: <laughs> yeah, right on the right on the stair climber. Some girl comes up right behind me, and and I said, honey, you better move get up. I'm ready to party I couldn't make it through it. My guys start crying.
0: <laughs> I was holding it in.
3: <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta Sorry. watch those holding it in, man, because you know then you'll shart. No sharping for you. Anyhow, I mean, (laughs) on a serious note though, I mean, you know, a a lot of these allergies um, can also be developed because um, I remember back in the late 90s, I got stung by a bee for the very first time. The very first time. And uh, when I got stung by this bee, um, I was doing a demonstration outside, uh, at a festival and I got stung and I flicked off the, the bee, but it left its stinger in its bag. Right. And I was like, holy, and I'm like walking around and like going, what do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these EMTs came up and they're like, ma'am, are you allergic to bees? And I said, I don't know. This is the first time I've ever been stung. And they're like, you're going to have to sit down. And I'm like, well, I'm up next. Uh, Well, you're going to have to delay your performance because we have to to, uh, monitor you. Uh, Can you sit here for 10 minutes? So I'm like, okay, I'll just go last. So I sat there for 10 minutes, and they're like, well, you look fine, so you can go perform. So I perform. Everything's great. Well, a few months later, um, I used some chapstick, which I've never been allergic to at all. I mean, that's all I used. And it made my whole face break out. And then uh, about another six months later, six to eight months later, um, I managed to get some, uh, uh, what do they call the air freshener uh, on my back because I had sprayed uh, sprayed it in the school and I was wearing a tank top and I felt some of the drops go on my back and it made my whole back break out and just incredible nasty hives. And it's crazy at all the stuff that affects me now that I wasn't, affected by and so now Mm -hmm. i'm actually uh paranoid about using anything that's um like paraffin based like uh like uh or beeswax right um or even getting stung again because i don't know if i'm gonna need epinephrine if i get stung again i I don't know i mean the only way to find out is to go do a doctor and go okay here we go you know let's get stung by a bee and find out you know and and that's the scary part is like i don't the only way you can get an EpiPen, or one of the only ways you can get an EpiPen, is through um, prescription. And unless I have a history of that, I can't get an EpiPen. So it's kind of like a a weird, you know, uh, double-edged sword. It's like, well, I can't get an EpiPen, but what if I get stung and I do go into some weird shock? You know, I, it, it's weird. So, but so I guess allergies can develop. All right. Well, we have someone calling us on Skype, I'm assuming. Yeah, let's so grab just...
4: him before he goes away again. Yeah, I know, he's, right? He's coming on and leaving us, right?
3: Are <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Oh. This is a Skype hey, call. Tony. Hey, Tony. How's it going? Tony, is that you? On Skype? Can you hear me?
0: Skype. Is Skype. this
2: considered Skype?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is Skype. Yes. Oh, you this show is weird. Up... I... Yeah.
0: Welcome oh, this Skype. is
2: weird because I called you off of my uh, my inbox on my um, uh, email.
3: Oh, huh? Weird. Okay. Oh, I yeah, know that's what that I
4: said. Is. That's I didn't a, know this was considered Skype.
3: Ah, oh, no, that's. I guess it's not Skype. Well, Skype a lot of times will um, will introduce callers as area code one one one, number one 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 right. So that's normally yeah, uh, that's uh, normally Skype, uh, but um, what it can also do is if you've got like Skype Click to Call on your computer and you click a number and you call it, then it then it is Skype. So um, I just I just remembered that. <laughs> so anyhow, it,
2: it well, welcome, probably Tony. Is Skype in some way, shape, or form. Thank you very much. I appreciate. It.
3: Yay! Yay! Thanks for joining us. So yay! we're well, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about some of these uh, martial arts subjects. So, but let's move on so we can get to that. So let's go on to weird news. news. All right, Bob? What do we got? Weird news. This
4: comes out of New York City. A man in New York City was arrested on Friday after police say he terrified choppers by swinging a samurai sword at an apple in an apple store. <laughs> footage of the shows a man yeah, at an Apple store. Shows footage of a man of the man walking down a glass staircase in man- in the Manhattan flagship store, yelling and lunging in all directions while wielding a large weapon. Authorities identified oh, wow. the suspect as Su chin 30 years old, according to Pix11. Witnesses said chin mm. threatened employees for an iPhone. And count it out loud as if he had a bomb. Nancy Birnbaum, who lived in Manhattan, was in the store around 4 p.m. when the suspect began to make a scene. Isn't that a little weird, man?
3: Yeah. <laughs> he could have just
4: gotten shot.
3: Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Wild. So that is it for my weird news.
4: It is. Okay, so we know celebrities are a little strange. And I've got my own celebrity story today that came up. But Chloe Kardashian... Now, you've heard of of uh, uh, staph infections, correct, Sifu?
0: Right, right.
4: Staph infections are pretty much a virus. It's like a bug. Yeah. Well, Chloe Kardashian says... The stress in her life was a big factor in her contracting a very dangerous infection, staff. It's not Hmm. hard to read between the lines. Chloe says (laughs) the staff was exacerbated by stress. Hmm. No doubt she's talking about the fact that her husband, Lamar Odom, was at death's door among OD at a brothel. Chloe believes she contacted staff at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in L.A., where Lamara had been laid up. Cedars Ew. acknowledges it's possible to get staff at the facility, but says the instant there is lower than the national average at hospitals. Chloe, who says, pay attention to your bodies," sound advice. Then, you know, Mm -hmm. it starts off with stress caused it to, she caught it in the hospital.
3: Well, which is it? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Wow. Weird, 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 weird. And just, I mean, staff, staff, you guys, that's, I mean, that can be really ugly. I mean, you know, if you get like a staph infection on your face and you start breaking out like really nasty, it's it it's awful. It's it, it's Oh, awful. I had one on my
4: on my leg a couple of uh, about 6 years ago, it was horrible.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and these staph infections, folks, can manifest in different ways. It it could be it could look like a rash. It could look like you're undergoing puberty again, you know, with really bad acne right. and stuff, or it can manifest yes. as as a large boil on your neck. I had one about like 10 10 like eleven, twelve years ago, and uh, I was like, "What is that 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 lump under my neck?" And it just kept growing, and I had to get it lamped and it was just the nastiest thing ever. And I had to take antibiotics and stuff like that because I, ugh, <laughs> I, I just made myself dry heave. <laughs> well, that's funny because you you know what
4: the lump on your neck's called? Your head. <laughs>
3: Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we do this before we get into our discussion about several martial arts subjects? Let's take a little break. And when we come back, we've got a plethora of martial arts subjects that we want to hear opinions from and thoughts from from you, the listeners. Give us a call, 347 677-0699
1: This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.
0: Dear parents, Much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose
3: us
1: to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other. By race, religion, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance.
0: Teach us to understand one another.
1: Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man,
0: woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every month. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, you will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another.
2: Inside this little Burbank building, this is the
4: first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts.
2: It it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of. Each and every
1: different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin.
4: Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go
1: into our Korean section.
4: In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll
2: be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is.
1: From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime. Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is Joe Douglas Wong.
0: Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show.
1: The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world.
4: Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio Show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to Post at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page.
1: You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with
2: Restita and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio.
0: Okie dokie, and
3: we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And today we are joined not only by Sifu Bob, my esteemed co-host, but we also have Grandmaster Tony Collins joining us for this uh, fun little discussion. And we're going to be talking about several subjects today. We're just going to throw out some subjects and just kind of rap about it a little bit and we want to get your thoughts. Um we're going to start off with um the subject of diet and fitness and how it pertains to martial arts. So, um I'll go ahead and start with this. I uh, when it comes to when it comes to martial arts, you know, you know what's funny is that people when they find out that I'm a martial artist, this is what they assume. They assume I'm a vegetarian and meditate 24/7. And uh, you know, <laughs> and do yoga and, and stuff like that. And uh, now, while you know, while some of that is true in in that you know, I uh, I try to eat healthy. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm Filipino. I eat meat. <laughs> so, so you know, <laughs> and I've got no qualms about you know uh, about uh, eating lechon, which is the whole roasted pig and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, and fat, you know, I, I, I love, you know, fatty meats and stuff like that. However, you know, I do watch my fat intake. It's not like I'm going to eat bacon every day or, you know, fatty meat every day or anything like that. I, I, I do try to keep very mindful of that. And, uh, you know, but I you know, I I think it's kind of funny that that people assume that. Now, do you guys get that too when when you tell people you're martial arts? Oh, you must be really healthy. Do you guys get that a lot?
2: Yes. What yep. I get more often than anything else is uh how do you do martial arts and be as big as you are? Aren't you stiff all the time or or anything yeah. like that because I lift weights?
3: Yeah, and that's um that's an a the, the, that's a good segue into the fitness aspect of the martial arts because i'm a firm believer in that you know if you if you have a balanced exercise regimen that you can get muscular um and flexible which is what we're going to be talking um, about also and flexible and uh, have good cardio uh cardiovascular capability without being quote-unquote muscle bound right um, now, is right. there even such a thing as being muscle bound? I mean, is there even such a thing? I mean, you know, I yes. know back in like the 70s and 80s, yeah. it was a big thing. So is it? Okay. So if you're like yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger big and you don't stretch or do anything else, it is possible to be stiff and slow and stuff like that. Right. Okay. <clears throat> well, I guess just, I want that right.
4: a little bit uh, because, have, you know, my, my mother growing up in uh, Minneapolis, that's where the Philadelphia Eagle practiced, and her, the the muzzle boundness, is, as explained, was the fact that if they had like, let's say, they had a formal function to go to, they couldn't tie their own bow tie. Oh yeah, they, yeah. They did not have the their flexibility. Biceps
3: away. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> their biceps in the way. That's right. Their biceps get in the way. Well, and, and you would, you know, and that, that's another thing. I mean, you would have to get your tuxes, especially um, tailored, just to fit you. Right. You know, if you're if you're that, you know, V you know, V shaped barrel chested, you know, uh twenty eight, thirty inch, you know, biceps or whatever. I mean, it's that's I mean, that's crazy. I mean, I met a guy about like uh eh, ten, fifteen years ago, I forget how long it was, but it was quite a while ago. I met a guy who literally his biceps were almost as big around as my waist at the time. Because I think I was only like, you know, 20, 20, 27, 28 inches at that time.
0: <laughs> I'm not that
3: now. You keep saying that, Rusty. Yeah. At that time, yeah, because I was at the time. I'm not now. <laughs> the middle age thing <laughs> caught up with me, but um, but the uh, I I and I couldn't I couldn't. Help, but like stare at his arms the whole time. It was at a it was at a seminar. And we all went out to eat afterwards, and I'm like, okay, dude, how do you how do you uh, what you know? And it wasn't that he was like shaped like Franco Colombo or anything like that, right? I mean, right. it wasn't that he was like right. always. Ripped. He just had big arms. He was strong too. He did lift weights, but he wasn't like ripped. He was just big, and I just couldn't believe how how big he was. And he's like, well there's a downside to this. You know, he said that for him, no matter what he did, um, as far as stretching and, and stuff like that, he literally, he literally couldn't, he had a hard time putting shirts over his head, t-shirts, you know, tying his tie, you know, adjusting his coat, you know how you lift your lapels up and then kind of pull them up or over and stuff like that. And I'm like, really, you know? And uh, so I took a pen and I, and I put it um, in the crook of his elbow and I'm like, okay, can, can you squeeze that? And he barely moved his arm and he squeezed it. His arms got in the way. Right. And I'm like, dude, really? So why do you do this? And he's like, he's like, I just lift weights. It's not like I take, you know, muscle milk or anything. And I, all I do is I lift my weights I'm very balanced about it, but this is, this is how it turned out. And, and, I guess some people are just genetically, you know, inclined, and I'm like, holy crap, you know. Even in my, even yeah. in my prime when I was working out and lifting and and running every day, I found that I was not genetically inclined for that.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no like, kidding, really. No, I'm yeah, gotcha. not enough, not enough testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> not enough testosterone. But, um, but yeah, it's a uh, you know, that, that I didn't know. So thanks for, thanks for clearing that up because I thought it was just a myth because I have met um, um, a lot of bodybuilders that can do the splits and are very flexible um, and can tie their own tie and stuff like that. So, you know, and they're big. Um, so I don't know. I guess maybe it, it just depends from person to person, wouldn't you think? Kind of. Be, yeah. yeah.
2: All of very that cool. takes when you're bigger, it really does. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was into bodybuilding real big and, and I actually got huge. I got 320 pounds at 8% body fat and I could not do everything that everybody else could if I didn't stretch all the time. But that was it. I mean, I began every workout with a stretch. I ended every workout with a stretch. And even if I could or couldn't drive the vehicle I was in because of the pain that I was in, the muscular you know, tension and pain uh, from the pump and stuff. Uh, I would still go home and stretch even after that. So I kept myself flexible, but you have to actually do that. You have to be flexible because you're getting that big or e, you just won't have it. You won't be that flexible at all.
0: Mhm.
3: Got it. Great, great advice. So what about diet, you guys? I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> I'm a meat eater and I, I love fatty meat and stuff like that. And I'm not a I'm not just a vegetarian. Uh, what do they call it when you eat a little bit of everything? What do they call that? I forget. Omnivore, or omnivore.
2: omnivorous, okay. or an omnivore.
3: There we go. No, um- th- th-
4: actually, actually, rusty. I think that's called a seafood
3: diet.
2: If you see it, you <laughs> eat, it. I eat it. Seafood <laughs> eat. That's kind of what I was thinking when she was mentioning the meats and stuff and the fats and stuff going down. I'm sitting there thinking, you know, I've heard of what you eat, and I'm I'm even looking at that, going, oh no, you can have that. That's so you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I oh direct. God. Oh God
2: Tony, you suck.
0: <laughs> oh, I've
2: I've gone on her Facebook and her and Pam going back and forth with, you know, eating the entire chicken and stuff and I'm like, What? <laughs> it's a whole That's it's in the, the whole,
3: whole
0: bird? I think the whole bird
3: its face? What? <laughs> There's not that <laughs> the much meat bird. on its yep. face. But the whole bird. And chicken feet. <laughs> chicken feet, it's just a lot of like, you know, like gelatinous cartilage. It's awesome. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, I mean, but yeah, but you know, on the same token, you know, I think that as martial artists, if we're going to, um, like tout or teach a lifestyle of, you know, being good to yourself and others and stuff like that, then yeah, you know, eat healthy. Um, but, but what do you guys think about going, the extra mile and doing like all of the supplements and the, and the timing your meals and weighing your meals and keeping track of your calories and stuff like that. What what are your guys thoughts about that? I'm too old for that crap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with him.
2: I used to, I'm done doing it. Uh, I I honestly have to say, I'm not that disciplined anymore. I've tried it a couple times just over the past uh, like five, six years uh, that I was trying to go ahead and get back into it. And I I could get huge, but I can't get really ripped because, well, I like pizza and other things. (laughs) And uh, I found that out the hard way, and I'm comfortable with who I am and how I am. And uh, so I'm good as far as that's Mm -hmm. concerned. Uh, I don't have a cardiologist. I don't have need of one yet. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as far as going that extra mile to measure everything out, weigh everything out, stuff like that. um, If you're going to be a top-notch bodybuilder or a top-notch anything, yeah, you're going to have to do that. But if it's part of your lifestyle that you're just trying to remain healthy, And whatnot, it's not quite as important. I see a lot of healthy people on my Facebook page who are martial artists, and they're huge and they're ripped and stuff like that. But they don't—they don't do that either. They don't measure it out. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing as you, Tony, in that you know if if you're going to be like a professional, anything, you know, if you're going to be, you know, committing like six to ten years of your life to professional competition whether it's bodybuilding or uh martial arts tournaments you know fighting mma or whatever then yeah you know you do, you do have um you know that other thing going for you and that's like the the reputation of being that fighter or that you know wushu champion or whatever right um you know cuz right. I, I i i went through like about 10 years of like chicken fish vegetables you know the whole 10 glasses of water a day type thing and stuff like that, just so I could keep at that, what master Hong called good shape. And what she meant was not necessarily the physical fitness part, but the shape of an Asian wushu person, right? You know, fit Mm -hmm. and lean. Um, So for about 10 years, that's what I did. And then when I retired because of the injury, I I I literally kind of I'll admit I used it as an excuse to go oh wow I can do whatever I want now right I can drink beer I can, <laughs> I can eat whatever I want and this and that and uh, everything was fine until I turned like forty two <laughs> and, and then every and then I was like oh what's going on so but you know I hear you you know I I want to say that I'm too old for that like measuring out all my stuff but you know I I'm. I'm guessing that most people will know when they're going to be overeating or overindulging in unhealthy food practices. So that's just my take on it. So, so yeah. Awesome. So I want to remind our listeners out there uh, about our phone number, 347-677-0699. We are throwing out just some discussion subjects out there, and we want to hear your thoughts on these subjects. We uh, We are currently talking about diet, fitness, and uh, how those play out into martial arts as well as flexibility. I mean, how important is flexibility? Um, so let's um, kind of move on a little bit, and let's talk a little bit more about flexibility. So why don't we start with Sifu Bob. Bob, you, what are your thoughts on flexibility? Is it important? Is it only important if you have a goal? Uh, what are your thoughts? No, it's, it's
4: very important, especially for bodybuilders, to keep their muscles lean and not bulk up so much. Uh, if you're in a kicking art, taekwondo, w- wushu, taekwondo is very, very important that you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stretch. Uh, I know I've got to stretch more, but my back is just so far gone with the herniated disc and things like that because I've been working out for so long that I've got to push myself to do it because it's very... It's more important that I stretch right now than any other time in my life.
3: Exactly, exactly. And you know, it's it's funny that you should mention that. Is that, you know, when I was doing wushu, I was able to to drop in a left leg front split. Uh, right leg, eh, not as good, but a left leg front split, which is what a lot of contemporary wushu routines. Um, consist of, right? You jump up in the air and you land in these splits. Well, after I injured my back, it was only about two years of not being able to do anything that strenuous and I lost it. And to this day, it feels like my hips locked up. You know, I can get down, but there's there's that like, you know, six inches that I can't push past for some reason. And I've tried, I've tried, you know, I'll even sit in a split stretch or do all these other pre-stretches. To open my hips up a little bit, and if it, it just feels like, why are why are my hip bones in the way? <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, and I was told by um, a uh, sports sports medicine practitioner that, um, like you said, Bob, it's very important to stretch now, uh, because as we're getting older, you know, our muscles don't heal like they used to. I mean, if we, you know, tear a muscle or sprain a muscle, we, it takes us a little bit longer to heal. And if we don't stretch, other parts of our body will compensate for it, namely our back, our knees, and our shoulders, right? Especially the back. Right. Um,
0: right,
3: Yeah, I noticed that if I don't stretch my hamstrings, if I go like a week without stretching the hamstrings, I can feel my literally starting to pull and ache because because my legs aren't, you know, there, so something has to make up for it, um,
0: and if you're well, doing martial work- arts, Re-
4: remember the other night when we were doing jab cross hook or jab cross uppercut hook. Uh, right. If I would have done the hook like I or the uppercut like I used to, where I actually lifted my body off the ground
3: uh-huh. when I
4: I did that <laughs> push at the end, man, my uh-huh. back would have felt that. Oh.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it has, your body has to
4: compensate.
3: Yeah, your body has to compensate, and if you're extending your hamstrings like that, and, and you hadn't done it in a while, then something's gonna gonna have to like compensate, and that would be your back, and you'd be like, right. you know, I have to take you to Harborview Medical Center. <laughs> I know exactly, he's got a flight right? to catch, but he he needs some he needs some pain relief. <laughs> Give him a shot in the back; he'll be okay.
0: <laughs> so
3: now I want to let all the listeners out there, especially people that are new to martial arts and and any of my students um, that are listening. And and I want to get some um, tips from you guys too, for your own students and anyone that's listening when it comes to stretching people um, you know, please make sure that you uh, if you you have a goal of like, let's say uh, getting into a, a full V sit, you know, with your stomach on the ground or something like that. Okay. So if that's your goal, um, you know, there's a lot of great resources on the Internet for exercises to build up to it, because, you know, it's it's one thing to stretch a muscle and it's another thing to prep the surrounding muscles to prevent your mm-hmm. muscles from splinting. Because uh, if you splint and you try to stretch through a splint, it, it, you're not going to get anywhere. Now, what's splinting? Well, splinting is your antagonistic muscles tightening up. To prevent the muscle that you're trying to stretch from stretching, it's a protective mechanism. It's a, you know, it's just something right. that our bodies naturally do, so that way we don't rip our hamstrings right off of our hip bones. <laughs> you know, it's just something right. that happens, and you have to, you know, look at these resources and, and tips on what to stretch before you stretch the main muscle that you want to work on, and take it slow. Um, I remember one of my uh, classmates in karate, uh, Dennis, he went from not being able to touch his toes to being able to do a full side split and put his chest on the ground in about six months. Now, granted, this is when we were both like 16 and 17, but but it's still possible, assuming that we're not so jacked up that we that our muscles, you know, will take like six months to do it. So whether it's six months or, you know, six weeks or even six days, don't rush it, folks, because if you tear yourself, it's going to be as bad as if, you know, you tore yourself during a kick or something. You're not supposed to tear yourself during stretching. All right. So uh, tips on stretching, flexibility, or fitness from Grandmaster Tony. How about you, Tony?
2: So bounce. Don't, God bounce. Yes, don't bounce. Yes, don't bounce.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't see bounce.
2: that so often that people, when they're doing butterflies and stuff like that, and I'm like, people, it's so much better for you if you place your hands on your knees and just push gently, not hard. You're not trying to add a whole bunch of pressure, but gently. I can still do butterflies where my knees touch the ground all the way. Mm-hmm. As big as I am, they touch the ground just fine without any assistance or anything with my feet as close to my body as they can possibly get. And it's because I didn't bounce. You don't bounce. You just add a little bit of nice pressure until you feel a tinge of pain, not that kind of pain that makes you want to go get aspirin. Mm -hmm. And learn what good pain is. There's feel good pain and then there's that kind of pain that says you've done something wrong, stupid, back up and do that. Mm -hmm. Listen to your body very carefully. Back off if you have to back off. It takes time. It's not something that can just happen tomorrow. And that's Mm -hmm. what bouncing and stuff like that is all about. People think of flexibility and they think immediately, well, gee, I saw Superfoot Wallace do that the other day. Yes, well, Superfoot Wallace has been kicking for a long time.
3: Exactly. And his favorite
2: thing to tell people about kicking was if you want to be a proficient kicker, then kick. Take it Mm -hmm. nice and slow. Do it repetitiously. Just do it and do it often. And that's the whole thing in a nutshell. We have to do it every single day or as often as we possibly can as far as flexibility is concerned.
0: So Mm -hmm. keep it that
2: way, keep it nice and steady, a nice steady pace and you'll reach your goals. Otherwise you will not. It's that simple. You will rip yourself.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Big
2: time. Horribly. Yeah. It's
3: not not pretty. Mm -hmm. What about you, Bob? Any tips about (sighs) fitness or stretching? No, I was sorry
4: because to do a static stretch, not a ballistic stretch. The ballistic stretches are the, the bouncing, and I see this so often. And I've seen flexible people that like to bounce, and it's more more prevalent where they start trying to touch their toes and they bounce to do it. You're not mm-hmm. going to gain any more flexibility, and you're going to injure yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I want to I want to tell our listeners a little bit of the difference between the bouncing part and then the ballistic stretching, because I I think there are people out there that might get the wrong idea. Okay. Now um, ballistic stretching folks. Okay. Like Tony said, it's, it's, it's okay for people that are already flexible, right? I mean, when they are bouncing or, or using like sudden momentum to, to stretch a muscle beyond where it, it is right now, um, they're, they're going ballistic, so to speak. They're going ballistic already to their normal uh, extended range, right? Now, if you can't touch right. your toes and you do a ballistic stretch, you will rip something. And I think that's where the the, the confusion is. A lot of people think that ballistic stretching will stretch their muscles, right? Uh, which it will, all right, to the point of breaking, Um and you know there there's a safe way to do ballistic stretching, but then there's also dynamic stretching, and and a lot of people tend to like uh, think that they're the same thing. Dynamic stretching, kind of movement or a stretch. Let's see where I I had it. Oh, here it is. Um, a type. Then this is from FitDay.com. Um, it's a type of stretch or movement that uses the momentum of a movement to complete its extension of the muscle group. So like arm circles is considered a dynamic stretching, right? Leg raises, walking lunges, those are examples of dynamic stretching. It takes a specific movement and makes it a stretching activity, either by deliberate extension of the limb and corresponding muscle groups, that's the important thing, or through other precise ranges of motion. So it's something that you still control. And uh, it says here that the benefits of dynamic stretching – um, especially before a sporting event or a fitness routine, is um, that the dynamic stretches uses motion similar to those that the athlete in question undertakes. They effectively simulate a performance experience. So, for example, doing kicking stretches before a soccer or a martial arts sport activity will effectively warm up the limbs and the body to anticipate specific challenges and the same applies to upper body motion motions such as circular arm stretching or waist turning um side stretching and so on um and then of course there's static stretching which is what we're talking about here right now in that you hold the stretch for an easy for an easy count until you feel the initial uh pull go away and then you go for precise movements millimeter by millimeter to try and hold a slightly deeper stretch still very controlled now ballistic stretching <laughs> notice that we were talking about control ballistic stretching is very easy to lose that control
0: <laughs> right
3: right and and um ballistic stretching per definition is a kind of stretch that gets more explosive <laughs> muscle work out of Uh, That some participants use to get an even more explosive muscle workout of an activity. So ballistic ballistic stretching includes motions accompanied by jerky, bouncy movements. So just like what you guys were talking about. For example, a limb is extended to its limit and then reinforced with a kind of spring-loaded motion. Ballistic stretching, though often effective, has been associated with a high risk of injury, which is why dynamic stretching or static stretching are better choices for those who want to use stretching as an effective warm-up before or after a training session. So, yeah. So, the ballistic stretching, I mean, oh, gosh. Especially when people are not warmed up. You know, they just, they're cold and then they go, you know, do those (laughs) rising leg kicks. You know, and kick themselves in the <laughs> forehead. I'm like, are you serious? You know, I mean, I did that. I ripped my uh, my right hamstring away from where it attaches to your butt. I ripped some of that, right. Um and I was warm. I, I what had happened was I lost control. I I wasn't thinking, and my foot actually went behind my head when I kicked. And I saw it happen, and I went, oh, that's cool. But then when I put it down, it felt like somebody, like, took, like, a like a poker and just jammed it down in the bottom of my butt. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is that? It I, I was on the ground, and, you know, I literally couldn't move the leg. And uh, Master Hong goes, oh, my gosh, you know, can you drive? And I'm like, I don't think so, you know. And it turned out that I didn't rip it completely away from where it attaches. I had torn it. And I kid you not, it took like three years to heal. Three years. And uh I still feel it. Um, if I stretch a little bit too far I can feel the little bing, hi, we're here. The scar tissue back there. And it's like Oh my god, you know. <laughs> so don't do it, folks. <laughs> It'll take three years out of your life.
0: <laughs> right.
3: No ballistic stretching. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, if you're already flexible, then ballistic stretching, you know, is great for a warm-up. But, my gosh, developmental stretching, that's that's where it's at, through dynamic and static stretching, like uh, Sifu Bob and Grandmaster Tony were talking about. All right. Right. All right. Let's move on to the next subject. How about this? Let's talk about this for a little bit. How about getting started in the martial arts? at middle age. <laughs> Some people actually get started learning martial arts in their 40s and even in their 50s. So, what do you think about that, Bob?
4: I I think it's great. I think it is an amazing feat. Uh Bob White just posted where he had a black belt get his for his dan in his 60s.
3: Right on. I think that's
4: an amazing feat.
3: That is.
4: It's, uh, it's like good for him.
3: Right on. You know, I
4: I think I think it's great. I wish more people would do it.
3: Cool. Good. Cuz you know, I I I'm sure you've heard of this too, right? You know, people will ask, you know, well, how old were you when you started martial arts? And you know, all of us here right now started when we were little kids. Um and uh it and many of us do. Many of the other masters out there have started since they were little kids. Um, and made it like a lifelong um, activity and a passion. So, and I think it's stuff like that that makes everyone think that you have to be a little kid to start, um, right, which isn't true. Right. So, um, Tony, what about you? What are your What are your thoughts on getting started when you're older? Where'd Tony go? Tony? Tony? Tony. Did we lose Tony? Tony, are you there? He's probably. I don't, know, I, I don't have the board. Like okay, I have the board. He's still on, but he's probably taking care of something. But um, okay. um, my take on it is that you know I wish more people would do it also. Um, and here are some benefits. I mean, uh, we just we're talking about flexibility, right? Flexibility is one of the perks to getting into martial arts, even in your middle age. It'll it'll increase your flexibility or at least enhance it and balance. Balance is one of those things that goes away as you age, um, and uh, and and same with flexibility. And and it's so much so that I think some people actually just accept it as a normal sign of of aging. Uh, but the trick is, is that if you can somehow reverse those two things, your middle and old age should be hopefully a little bit healthier and a little bit funner, you know. Um, right. now a British study, a British study showed that the difference in flexibility between practitioners of martial arts and non-practitioners was, get this, 114%. Wow. There was a 114% wow. difference in older adults that practiced martial arts <clears throat> and didn't. Okay. And uh, and uh getting back to balance uh we all know that a lot of um our our nation's elderly all over the world not just in our nation are injured and fall right. like every year right i mean and you know hip replacements knee replacements and stuff and and when we do get older the healing process takes a lot longer so if you bust a hip you know that's for a lot of people that's that's it you know you're like cane or walker uh dependent um now it's um uh, it says here that martial arts are known for their ability to improve balance, and in some countries, they are actively encouraged for older people. Now, of course, Tai Chi is a great uh, choice for uh, for older people, but I have to put in a little caveat in there. Uh, it's good for everybody. <laughs> yeah, to I knew that out. was coming. It's good for old people, for and we've had the discussion. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, so, And no, it's good for everyone. It's great for everyone Um, because it and uh, I should find a study about kids who do Tai Chi um, in relation to like other fast arts. There was an article that um, I read about like Tai Chi versus like uh, baseball, football, soccer and fast styles of martial arts and and what the you know, what the differences were. In the kids' is, um sleep patterns and uh mental capability and uh stuff like that, I'll have to find it um but yeah, no matter what martial art huh what's that
2: well yeah, it'd be huge
3: right, right well, but, think about uh, it for
2: just a second if you if you take your time to reach up as you pick up a glass to actually think for just a moment and let yourself pick up that glass really really slowly. You're mm. developing a mind-body relation that exactly. you wouldn't have if you didn't do that. You wouldn't have it at all. And exactly. if you do that with a lot of things, like I do my I do Kenpo slowly a lot of times, mm. it makes me incredibly fast. And people go, wait, what? But yeah. to do it slow means that your muscles and your mind become more balanced, become more in tune, and you get more out of it than you ever would if you did it fast. Uh, Ed Parker Jr. said it best when he said, take a uh, short form one or any form that you know and move it slow now move it half as slow as what you just did and continue to try to do that until it feels like it's going to take you all day and now you finally got the form out
0: mhm
3: it's true it's yeah. true it's uh it's uh the there was a I'm going to have to find that study also but um the yes. I read about a study that kind of measured like the uh synapse Patterns um, of people that practice, you know, slow anything. Even if it's a golf swing, right? Um, in a movement, in a given movement, if you move it slow and you really concentrate on that good form, your your the synapses between your brain and your muscles, you're actually double, tripling, quad, quadrupling the amount of synapse the amount of communication that it takes to go back and forth. So when you're actually practicing it really slow. And deliberately, you're actually practicing that motion like 500 times in just you know like right. one now, motion.
4: Now let me let me ask Tony something though, Rusty. Tony, do you sure. practice it slow or slow with tension, or
2: both? Uh, it depends on what I'm doing. I I sometimes do it both, or I sometimes just practice it so incredibly slow that it feels like muscle exhaustion anyway.
4: Right. Well, which do you prefer and and tell me the benefits of of both doing it with hard dynamic tension and doing it just slow maybe with your eyes closed to feel the movement.
2: I prefer slow over hard dynamic tension and the reason why is because hard dynamic tension uh builds up lactic acid which right away mm-hmm. starts to break down your ability to continue doing any given thing. Uh, lactic acid is your body's way of saying, Okay, you've got to stop this because you're silly. Smack.
0: Yeah. But it's if basically you do it really super crap. slow <laughs> Right, yeah, poop. that's that's kinda of what muscle it is. Poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, and yeah. it burns. Yeah. It burns right. like yeah. And it... <laughs> muscle
3: poop.
2: And that, that, so that, that's but when you're when you're moving really slow like that, you don't build up that lactic acid and you keep that learning process going. You can keep going on and on and on, doing it slowly. But when you do it with muscle tension, you're gonna find yourself not able to go as far in your training, for instance, if you've got a set time, say you want to do this for an hour, you might get forty-five minutes out of it with the muscle tension, but you would have gotten an hour out of it slow. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Very good. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point there. That's a that was a great question, Sifu Bob, because, because um, uh, you know, when I was doing karate and when I do nanchuan, the southern styles of wushu, there is a lot of that dynamic tension in the forms, and you have to show that that dynamic tension in southern fist boxing throughout the whole form, right? But still be oh,
0: quick. Okay. Right. Um,
3: however, you know, in Tai Chi what we have is um we have a concept called uh Fading and that's the release of the energy, right? And uh, and uh it's prevalent in Chen style where everything's really slow and then everything goes like blam ballistic for just a second and it goes back to slow. Um the whole idea behind that um, even though it's in other styles of Tai Chi, it's just shown more in Chen style Tai Chi, um, is that you want to be relaxed. And we all know this as martial artists, you want to be relaxed until the moment of impact. However, a lot of people sure. forget to relax after that moment of impact. That's that's the key. You have to relax after the moment of impact. Um, and a lot of people will think that they are relaxing throughout the movement and only tensing at the moment of impact when they're really just being tense throughout the whole movement. And the only way to get past that, the only way to get past that, um, you know, misconception of your own movement is to practice it slow. Um, you know, it is, it's, um, I can't, I I can't stress that enough. I was talking to one of my private a few hours ago. I said to him, I'm like, you know, you keep saying you want to learn fighting technique and you keep saying that you want to be a good fighter. Well, you're not going to be able to be effective with your punches or your kicks or your strikes or your, you know, chinna or whatever, unless you know how to do it slow. And uh, so we did an exercise and I'm like, I, I really need you to slow down right here because, you know, and put your intention of that punch in a in a self-defense uh, situation. And it's the self-defense intention. He, and he thought out loud. He's like, I really don't see self-defense intention if i'm moving this slow and i kind of rolled my eyes and he's like damn it i said that out loud and i'm like yeah you did and i said you can't (laughs) you if you can't do it slow ricky you will not be able to do it fast you know like your posture you've broken your posture already you know you can't punch that way you're leading with your chest you can't punch that way um you know, you have to be able to do it slow, right. so you make those minute adjustments. You know, so that way when you move fast, you're not falling on your face. You know, like Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I shouldn't joke about oh. it. <laughs> I shouldn't. Ew. I don't, I won't. I won't joke about it because you know what? You know, I love Ronda <laughs> as much as the next guy. You know, but I love Holly too. You know, I mean that was a money maker. We're going off subject now, but that was a money maker. Um, for the UFC. And I love them both. It's just a matter of, you know, you know, who's, who was playing the better game and uh, you know, what where was Holly. Ronda's Absolutely. head Absolutely. Yeah. You know, where was Ronda's head at? Where was, where was uh, Holly's head at? You know, it's uh, you know, I, I, I actually think that, you know, these six weeks or six months, I don't know how long it's going to take for Ronda to come back. You know, if she gets, if she, you know, shakes it off and gets her head on straight, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with when she comes back. Amen. She, she's gonna, she's gonna be a major ass kicker, and you know, uh, all the power to Rhonda, man, for taking that kind of a beating from Holly. You know, it took two rounds. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, her her matches last what an average of four minutes. <laughs> you know, and she she kept taking those hits. You know, it's like some average guy hitting Ronda in the head. Psh, whatever. You know, she was taking Holly's <laughs> hard, hard hits like for two rounds, and you know, I'll give her, I'll give her that much. But anyway, I was just joking. With, uh, hey, but you and- know
4: now, her her her, her training is gonna go in a different direction. Just like when the UFC started, all of a sudden everybody started training jujitsu to beat. Yeah. White. Uh-huh.
0: Now <laughs> she's, gonna start,
4: she's gonna hire a professional boxer to duke it out. Because she has to know I how to beat no. it now.
3: Yeah, didn't she fire her no. coach? Didn't she fire her current boxing coach? I heard that she, I heard somewhere that she might have fired her boxing coach. I don't know.
4: I didn't know she had a boxing coach. I thought it was Jean LaBelle and Gokor I don't
3: know. I read it somewhere. I'll have to like see if I can find that. In fact, I'll try to find it now. Let's see. Uh,. Rhonda. Who's the who's,
4: uh, who's who's famous boxing trainer, Ralph, Ralph Rocha? Yeah. Maybe she'll seek him out. He's in LA.
3: Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> she should. Rhonda Rousey fires boxing... Let's see here. Um, one of the most significant, most drastic changes Rousey will make will be to fire her boxing trainer, Edmund Tarverdian. A decision that, round, that Rousey's mother, Anna Maria DeMars, believes she should have made years ago. Now, I wonder mm. if Edmund knows this yet. <laughs> <laughs> he does now. He does now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's get back to the over 40s. Um, um, so, you know, if you're moving slow, you, you'll be able to gain your balance. So And that'll help contribute to the 114% balance difference between non-martial arts practitioners and non- uh, practitioners. All right. Now, because of all this exercise that uh, that martial arts provides, it can also help with uh, your ability to fight disease. Um, let's see here. I have a uh, question
4: though for you, Rosby. What's that? Master Hong. Mm-hmm. Great martial artist. Great instructor. How did she stretch you?
3: She stretched me the old rack
0: way. <laughs> she stretched
3: me old school, old school. Cause back then, you know, I was in my late twenties. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm getting close to where most people would like uh, retire from Wushu or Muay Thai, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But I'm going to do this cause I was still in the best shape of my life. And when I signed up for her, Uh, instructorship program she asked me so if you want to be wushu instructor i must ask you do you want the old way training or do you want american training and i went i don't know what you mean by american training and she said and she laughed and she goes no pain hardly pain and i'm like well i mean there's pain in and I said, there's pain in everything. And she's like, well, what do you choose? I said, old school. And she's like, okay, but you have to do everything I say. Yes, ma'am. Right? Because I wanted to be a wushu champion. So, so when it came to stretching, one person would have to hold my hold one leg down, and Master Hong would put my whole back of my leg up against her chest, and then she would start to lean forward. This is all me laying down. She would start to lean forward, and I'd be crying. I'd be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, stop. And then she'd hold her for a little bit, and she'd go inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Then she'd lean forward some more, and I'd be like, oh, my God, and I felt like three, four months later, three or four months later, I felt my foot hit the floor behind my head. And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) Wow! I was like so, I was so stoked. And she stretched us that same way front and then side. Now keep in mind that you are on your back and both of your uh, pelvic bones had to still, your butt bones had to sit flat on the floor as your leg is like flopped over to the side. And she would take that foot and make it so it was like answering the phone. (laughs) Oh god. oh god. Oh
4: that's funny. Oh my god. Yeah. You're not Goku.
3: I know, right? <laughs> I wanted to be Goku. So it was like, Whoop, hello, I'm answering my knee. It's for you. It's the doctor. And um you know, and then there was um then there was the uh the uh, bridge where you had to like, you know, sit on your uh hands and, and, and your feet bending backwards and stuff. And uh, but she never laid us over her knee and force, forced it because we were too old for that. She's like, Oh no, only for young people, only for young people. And I'm like, Okay, good, because I wouldn't have been able to handle it. So, <laughs> uh, so but, but I, but would I do that now? Hell no, no, I wouldn't, not now, you know, The the words young and dumb. Come to mind when when I go back to to those years. I was like, what was I thinking? (laughs) Uh, What was I thinking? It's amazing what people do to
2: become a champ, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Oh, you guys been there too. You had teachers like you know stand on your legs for the. For the butterfly stretch and rip your, oh leg, yeah, yeah. Where it felt like your package was just going to like flop over to one, you know, and rip over to one leg, you know. It's like
0: it you, feels like that with women pro- too. You felt
3: like that. It feels like that for women too. It feels like one side of your crotch rips off and goes to the other
0: leg. Guys, <laughs> 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 you were so cute cool sometimes. <laughs>
3: All right, so don't so that it goes all the way back to the flexibility, you guys. So for all of the middle aged people out there, don't you know, don't be stretching like you know, like the five year old wushu people with those ballistic stretches because you, you you know you're not going to heal as well, and uh, we we will rip ourselves, you guys. So you know, be careful out there, older people. All right, a little more benefits for for the uh, middle aged people, um, stress levels your stress level is going to drop because you know martial arts itself involves more than your muscles that's what all three of us would say to anyone it 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 affects your brain in a good way because now you know your brain is is learning new coordination and it also strengthens your emotional core you know um it oh, gives you, you that kidding. yeah you know it gives you that like never say die attitude um and the looking forward to uh you know to even like stressful situations because you know in martial arts you know even if it's like breaking your first board or breaking your first brick or passing your first belt test that when when you accomplish something that you at first thought was impossible it's really going to change you so you know it is never too late to experience that oh it sounds like somebody's not happy Aww. 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 Oh, poor Tony. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm
2: trying to cover oh. up the speaker so you guys couldn't hear that. I'm sorry.
3: No, that's okay. It sounded like somebody was was not happy, and it kind of made us sad.
4: No. Oh, so oh, uh, oh, hey, Rusty. What's that? We just got a message from uh, Lady Lelaine. Uh, Read and tomorrow is Leo Fong's birthday.
0: It is.
4: Yes. If Leo.
3: Leo. It is. Fong, well, how come it didn't show up on our thing?
4: I just ser- searched him, and <laughs> I don't think he wants anybody to know.
3: Oh well, we're gonna. We're oh, gonna play... you
2: messed up.
3: Yeah, well, we're gonna play him a song anyway. Here we go. Well, you sing happy birthday to
0: you. <laughs> And may all your dreams come true
3: Artists um, in the world at the moment. Right on. Okay, thanks, lady, for the heads up on that. Thank you very much. All right, well, let's get moving on. So, there are a lot of benefits for getting into the martial arts. Even in middle age, you are never too old to start martial arts. Let's move on to our next subject, and one of my favorites is uh, facets of self-defense and self-protection. Yes. What do our listeners feel are some of uh, the most important facets or or things uh, to consider when learning self-defense? Why don't we start with Bob on this one?
4: The most important facet uh, of learning self-defense? Well, yeah. some. The most important, though, is basic. basics. Mm-hmm. Basics, basics, basics. You're never going to do it. Ad- I'm sorry. I, I appreciate the advanced techniques, but when it comes to self-defense, the advanced techniques are going to go out the window.
3: That's right. No jump spinning no butterfly kicks basic. there. <laughs> no
4: nope. It's right going to be smash and grab and put them out. Done. Mm-hmm. And, a fight should, and a fight does not last like it does in the movies. Ten minutes. It lasts thirty seconds, and those who hit first hit last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask Ronda. Ask Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> you started it. Damn it.
3: I know. Sorry. Oh, that's a good one. What about you, Tony? Well just.
2: I don't have much there. to add to that. That's exactly correct. Basics are the way and uh, quick, decisive things to remember. Everything you do is a one-off. You can't you can't hit somebody because they grabbed your shoulder. You turn around, you get them right in the right in the throat, gouge them in the eyes, hit them in the nose, and then when they go to get back up, go here, grab my shoulder again. It's not going to happen <laughs> that way. It's a one-off.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: And you you stick to those basics because you know that those basics will carry you through the rest of what's going to happen here. But all the fanciest techniques or the greatest techniques that you have. They're there as a great teaching aid as to what you could do if this was happening in a perfect world. It's never a Mm -hmm. perfect world. So always know how to punch, always know how to kick, always know how to elbow and know what your strong points are, know what your weak points are and go from there. But everything must be quick, decisive and to the point.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Definitely. I'll throw one out there. Um, Awareness. You, you know oh, yeah. if if you want if you definitely if you want to avoid a self defense situation awareness is is your biggest uh biggest tool there um and uh, I want kind of want to get into the self protection aspect because there is a difference um for the for the folks out there that are listening um so let's let's name off some other other tips out there for Important facets of self-defense. Let's go back to Bob. We'll just go around round robin here. uh
4: Basic. N- and you're right. N- knowing knowing your surroundings, knowing mm-hmm. what's a threat. It's like one of my coworkers took a swing at me the other day, playing around because he knows I'm mm-hmm. a martial arts. Oh, I expected is better reaction than that. And I said, "You were no threat." I said, "Do it again," <laughs> and he did. And I came really close to pounding him in
3: the nuts. <laughs> yeah, you know it, it, that that really amuses me when people start play boxing and stuff like that, and they're like, "Oh, come on, come on! Well, I could have hit you," and I'm like, "You weren't anywhere near me. You know, you were already extended. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're nowhere near me. What? What? <laughs> you get just the three inches closer, it's a different story. And then they <laughs> then they kind of have to think about it, going, "Hmm, do we want to try that again? No." <laughs> What <laughs> do that's
2: you a guys think out at that you get in these situations?
3: <laughs> oh, it's, it, you know, it's the smart-ass students. And, you know, and I was like, God, that yeah. was a coworker that was dumb enough to swing at you? That was dumb.
0: <laughs> and, and if, I don't, I
3: don't and if somebody, ever... and this goes to everybody else, if you know somebody's a martial artist,
4: don't mess with them. I had one don't... situation in my younger years, when I was in my 20s, a, a waitress at a bar. Put her arm around my throat from behind, and this oh. girl was an eleven. I mean, she was yeah, she was eleven, and I arm barred her. I I <laughs> twist, twist lock one arm, arm, barred her. Just as I was about to throw her, I let go when I saw who it was.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so some don't people,
3: do that. So yeah, so yeah, don't don't turn on the tiger switch on martial artists, folks. I mean, I used to wake up Cheryl <laughs> literally with a ten foot pole. Literally, I mean, (laughs) you know, if she would fall asleep on my couch or something like that, I would literally grab a staff and then I would tap her with it because the last time I came up to her to to shake her shoulder and stuff like that, she backfisted me right in the mouth, pow, and then woke up going, what, what, what? And that just came from her, her days living, living on the streets and stuff like that, where you weren't really asleep and you were always ready to fight. Right, and um, uh, uh-huh. I just got smacked in the mouth, and it was like, Oh Lord, a 10 foot pole, wake
0: up! <laughs> Time for you to go home. <laughs> don't, don't I have go. one
2: similar to that, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I have a student who uh,
1: geez.
2: I when I first injured my back I was taking all sorts of like pain meds, muscle relaxers, stuff like that, and they'd knock me out. And every time he'd go to wake me up, he'd almost lay across me. And I'm like, What oh, are you man. doing? And he's like, You never know what to do with the Warriors, man. You just don't know. So uh he'd lay across me and uh he'd try to pin my arms and stuff. And I was like, well, you know, big guy, <laughs> like, dad on his neck. And he rolled right off of the chair and landed real hard.
0: Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, neck. But, Tony,
2: he, he was just trying to spoon. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he makes, like, two and a half of me, too. So, it's like, oh, he ain't a small
0: guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: What's another? What's another uh, important uh, thing that you think? Uh, oh, okay. Ah! What's? <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that. I think it was someone on your end there, uh, Tony. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, another uh, what's another thing What? Another important thing um, about self-defense.
2: Are you asking me this time or Bob?
3: I'm asking you. Oh, oh, oh!
0: Another yeah.
2: important thing about self-defense, besides environmental awareness, which is really key. Uh, know your limitations know Ah, know what you can and cannot do because if you try to jump spinning back kick somebody and you can't jump spinning back kick why then uh that's not something that you want to try to use just because you saw it on walker texas ranger doesn't mean that your body can (laughs) handle it so make absolutely certain that as you're going through your little self-defense techniques that whoever showed you whatever they showed you is not only knowledgeable, but it's something you can accomplish. If mm-hmm. you're 78 years old and you're about to be attacked by a 340-pound guy, you can't throw him. It's mm-hmm. just not going to happen for you. So exactly. so know your limitations. Know what you can do as far as that self-defense is concerned. And uh, environmental awareness also is a key in this, too, that you can use your environment. As one of my students proved as Mm -hmm. he moved out of the way of a punch, and the guy punched a little lip on the top end of his truck and just (laughs) destroyed his hand. So
0: that's always (laughs) a good
2: thing, too. Knowing that you can move your head from side to side, bob and weave, which uh, apparently Rhonda couldn't. There you go. There's one in for me for Rhonda.
0: (laughs) And so,
2: I know, I couldn't help it. I'm terrible (laughs)
0: like this. Anyway, uh,
2: and so uh, those. Those areas right there are, are really a, a good key. When I have a, a ex friend of mine who, at the time of showing people stuff, I'm not kidding. That is where he got half of his material was from television. I'm beating wow. myself in the head with my hand going, you're showing people this. You realize this, right? You're you're showing these people this as self defense, and it it was made for TV hoopla. That that wow. person that you got that off of wouldn't even do that in a real-life situation at all.
3: That's and crazy.
2: Those are big that ones. Know, awesome. know who it is that's teaching it. Know what you can and can't yeah. do. And know your environment. hmm.
3: Good one. Good one. I like that's that. Right. that. That's crazy, using TV stuff and teaching TV stuff. Oh, yeah.
2: I'm not even joking. <clears throat> I had just seen the program. I'm not going into what show it was, <laughs> but I just <laughs> saw the <laughs> I kid you not, he, he started teaching it. uh, This was at Washington state university. He started teaching it to a dorm full of young women. And I'm like, Uh, you're kidding, right? What a jerk. We just watched this 45 minutes ago. And this is what you're trying to teach them here. Grab both of my arms so I can kick you in the face. That doesn't work.
3: Yeah. Oh my God.
2: Nobody's going to grab both of their arms like that.
0: What it, a jerk! Not, no, the, oh man, that. I
2: was so mad. That's that's why I said he was an ex friend because I was like, you know, I I can't even hang around with you. I I, I will kill you because you're going <laughs> to get somebody seriously hurt. Right? And that, that's crazy. Yeah, that was the that was the road he was sending anybody and everybody down who listened to him, and, and he had people who actually would. And that's wow. there. And again, know know who you're taking that self defense class from. Look them up. Make sure that they are on the up and up because he had nothing. I mean, he had no business cards. He had no dojo. He had no nothing. He just—I didn't even know he did martial arts or claimed to do martial arts until you know several months after I kind of got to know him. And then next thing I know, he's out there trying to instruct
0: people.
3: Yeah, with that's stuff that that's, I just
2: saw off the TV.
3: And that's and that's crazy because it normally takes. That sounds about right. A few months of people thinking that they have it down when all they've really done is watched it, you know, and can just like talk, talk their way through the technique and stuff like that and imitate really well and make themselves a black belt and all that other jazz. (laughs) All right. I've got one more. And then I'd like to get into uh, some of the other subjects before we run out of time. Um, This is more toward the women since you were talking about, um, you know, self-defense for women this is primarily for women, but I guess it's good for everybody. Um, You want to be able to, after you learn your basics and you're, you know, you're uh, aware of your environment and know your limitations and stuff like that. You have to be able to fully commit to, if you're going to break somebody's nose to to commit to striking it, if you're going to thumb someone in the eye to commit to putting that thumb so far into the back of their head, you know what I mean? If it's going to save your life and, the reason why I say that is uh, some years ago, I taught a women's only self-defense course, just one of those eight-week courses. And many of the women actually thought it would be gross to poke someone in the eye. Oh, I can't do that. I can't poke someone in the eye. That's gross. And I'm like, it's either one second of gross or you're raped or killed. Which which one do you want to right. deal with?
0: Yeah, and, pick, uh, one.
3: yeah pick one. And I didn't want to make yeah. it sound so, you know, harsh like that. Oh, wait a minute! Oh, I do. Oh, it's. I have. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna turn this down a little bit here. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> um, and uh, once they, once they understood that that, it wasn't a matter of what grosses me out and what feels comfortable. It's a matter of I have to do what I have to do to save myself or my loved one. um, That's when that's when their mindset changed. Um, But, you know, I've even met guys that think it would be gross, you know, to grab someone's balls or something like that. I'm like, you know, or grappling even, you know, some guys just can't get past the, I'm so close to a guy thing, you know, for grappling. Some people just can't get past that, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, just because you're grappling doesn't mean you're gay or anything. Come on, get, you know, stop it. This has nothing to do with, you know, getting close to someone's crotch or having your crotch near his face. Or This has nothing to do with that. This is if you're grappling, you're grappling, you know, and if you're going to grab someone's crotch to, to help, you know, save your safety or whatever, then do it. If you're going to pound someone's nose flat, then do it, you know, um, but that's that's definitely something I want, especially women, to to understand, is that you have to commit, um, and no, don't don't pull anything, don't don't pull your punches, don't pull your strikes, don't pull your kicks, just to be nice. They weren't nice to you. <laughs> if you're gonna get raped, they're not gonna be nice. So, you know, no rules, no rules whatsoever. And uh, that's right. Uh, and if you think grab,
4: grabbing a crotch is, is <laughs> gross or inappropriate. Fine.
3: Punch it. Punch it. <laughs> yeah. Take it. Knee it. it. Doesn't matter. Take a baseball bat to it. it. you know, I mean, do whatever you need to do, you know. And uh on closing on that particular subject, I just want uh, especially my students, um, to know um the difference between self defense and self protection. Now I was taught a little differently by my teacher, uh Professor Terry Faircloth that self defense and self protection are similar, but they're different. Self defense goes into the realm of self protection in the sense that self defense is something you do during the self defense situation, which is um, a situation where someone else makes that choice to cause you bodily harm. Um, but that's like when it happens. Self protection, on the other hand, includes the preventive measures such as the awareness, you know, parking your car under a light. Um, you know, getting a, getting a dog for your house, even a little yippy dog, um, as a noisemaker or whatever, um, locks, good locks on your doors, alarms, you know, learning a self-defense course, learning how to use a gun if you need to, you know, learning about found weapons, you know, like, uh, I remember when, uh, being taught that you could just break an antenna off. You don't see very many new cars these days with an antenna still hanging out because they all retract into the car
0: right
3: (laughs) you ever notice that or they don't have one
2: period
3: or they don't have one or they have the little stubby one on top for like you know xm radio or whatever right you know and it's like you can't just bust those off what's that
2: that little thing right there will go right through the breast bone right there that's no problem just shove that thing in it'll be all right
3: yeah exactly you know so so anyway i just wanted like people out there to kind of know that you have preventative measures too as part of your self defense. All right. Um real quick we've got about 10 minutes. Let's uh, briefly talk about archaic weapons in martial arts. Do you guys think <laughs> that it's beneficial to learn old style weapons or should people Absolutely. just stick with knives and guns because I see too many reality junkies out there? <laughs> All right, let's start with let's, let's start with Tony who loves weapons.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, the the idea of starting with knives and guns and Kenpo doesn't even come out. We start with uh, like uh, nunchucks, bow staffs, stuff like that. And I take it to a uh, much higher level than that because uh, every weapon leads into the next one. And as you're working with those weapons, when you do get into more modern weapons from the archaic ones, you have a better idea of what a weapon truly is. Prior mm-hmm. to being able to handle a knife, it's really good to know how to use a, a, a like an Escrima or something like that because already you learn the figure eights, already you learn this, that, and the other. You learn timing. You learn that, hey, I have another hand. Check that out. I can catch right. them with this hand while hitting them with this, and it, it applies to everything. Each mm-hmm. weapon that you learn is a, is a actual modern application. You just simply don't know it until you put a modern weapon in your hand.
0: Right.
1: So
2: the archaic weapons are so very important. Plus they also add to your self defense criteria in that mm-hmm. you can use anything like a rolled up newspaper, uh a rolled up magazine or something like that. Hey, suddenly you have a an escrima stick. You can use it any end of that. You can use it as a striking surface or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean a pencil, any of these type things are suddenly self-defense weapons that, that are run right through your mind on an everyday basis as you're sitting there writing going, yeah, boss, mind smart off again.
0: No, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> uh, but,
2: but seriously, I mean, I, I personally practice just absolutely everything I can get my hands on as far as weapons are concerned. I've, I've done the sword ever, ever since I was seven years old and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, It's fantastic when you start applying it to your even your empty hands and stuff like that. It it opens up all kinds of new doorways for you as far as your martial arts is concerned. And uh, even if you just keep it to yourself, it's amazing the differences that you look back and see how I move versus then versus now that I've done this for 20 years. Wow, Mm -hmm. there's a huge difference in how I move my arms or how I do this, that, or the other. So yeah, I think it's super important to have those in there cuz without them you can't you can't go into a knife fight and not know what a figure eight is or or not know what passing a guard is or anything like that as far as using that type of stuff is concerned or sliding or or any of those. And uh mm-hmm. see passing a guard for me, I learned what that was long before it was a grappling term. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know that that was an escrima and a knife term to me. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: And so, when somebody said, "Do you know how to do passing the guard?" I said, "Pick up a stick, I'll show you." Yeah. <laughs> so and they're, they're, what are you talking about? I'm talking about you know grappling. Oh no, then no, I, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You can you can apply those movements to an empty hand, and once you do, I mean, you you surprise somebody who's had years of experience. You right. surprise even the best martial artists out there if they don't know what that is. They're, Where'd you get that? That's an old knife technique, or that's mm-hmm. an old escrima technique.
3: <clears throat> Definitely. Well, it's, it looks mm-hmm. like someone else came on the board. I'm not quite sure how long they've been sitting there, but let's go ahead and... Open up that phone line. So, area code 704. You're on Dynamic Dojo.
1: Oh, I know who this is. Hey, what's <laughs> going on over there, you guys?
3: Hey, Professor. How's it going?
1: Oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's good to hear you guys again.
0: How's everything?
3: I know. It's good to hear from you. Well, well. So, um, uh, since you, since we have you on the line, what are your thoughts on um, the use of old-style weapons? Should it be... Uh, uh, a priority or a requirement in learning martial arts, um, or should people just stick with guns and knives, because uh, as the reality junkies would would talk about. <laughs>
1: well, uh, I you know I, I just kind of tuned in and and uh, and heard the explanation of the who the, who was that it was just talking.
3: That was
1: Tony. Tony. I thought so. I thought it sounds. Funny. Hey Tony, <laughs> what's going on, man?
2: Not much. Who? What? What's going
1: on? Who's this? This is Pat McDaniel. Hey, hey! What's going on, man? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I, uh, I, as far as, as far as the weaponry, uh, definitely. First off, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a category that needs to be, you know, left open for choice. You know, you definitely need to mm-hmm. practice weapon. I'm not going to say it needs to be mandatory. I'm not going to say it needs to be a requirement. But if you have knowledge of weapons, yes, there's a, it's an opening, it's an opportunity for students that mm-hmm. want to use weapons. And as far as the, the, you know, the more primitive weapons or the orthodox weapons, you know, the mindset that goes along with learning these weapons, the discipline that goes along with learning these weapons, I think it's essential, you know? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. essential to practice these weapons with that discipline and with that structure that it takes to really master it. Because what Tony said earlier those whatever you learn with the empty hand can be can be uh, 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 relayed over to the to the weapon or the weapon relayed over to the to the empty hand. You know mm-hmm. because it's the mindset that goes along with it. So yeah, it's, I think it's extremely important to leave an opening for weapons because I've got I've got a few students that want to learn weapons. So if you want to learn weapons, then boom, let me give you fundamentals. You know, and other students are just say hey, I just want to be able to rapid fire with my hands, bang. You know. Whatever you want to do, let's just do it and make the best of it. You know what I mean? But weapons, definitely, it's essential.
3: hmm I agree. Oh, yeah. Definitely. What about you, Bob? What are your thoughts on that?
4: Well, I'm, you know, I'm with Tony. It, it teaches you uh, proper mechanics where you can adapt it to other things. Like, you do the sword. You're not going to be carrying a sword with you. But exactly. the only mm-hmm. movement will adapt to other things. If you've got a stick... You know, it, it takes you back to the old get smart era with the karate chop. It's the same line, <laughs> st- same technique. If you were going to apply a knife hand to the karate, it's the same right. as a number one strike or number two strike. More mm-hmm. hand or backhand, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just Definitely. an extension, and Tony's absolutely right, and as well as Professor McDaniel is. Mm-hmm.
3: Very, very true. That's I can't right. um, add very much to that um, because – you guys pretty much said it all. I personally am also uh, a big fan of traditional weaponry for the same reasons. They give you a great foundation of uh, exactly. body mechanics and a great foundation right. of mm-hmm. coordination and knowing where that weapon goes. Because, boy, I tell you what, you know, the first time you hit yourself <laughs> in the head with a three-section staff, you're never Uh-oh. doing that again. You know, and <laughs> it yep. become aware, true. you become aware of where things are outside of your Outside of your own, you know, limbs, you know, like uh, like you get an enhanced sense of proprioception and um, uh, culture behind that that weapon. And and, you know, I've heard a lot of the reality based artists say, well, you're not going to carry a sword, you know, that kind of thing. You know, like like Bob said, you're not going to carry a sword. You're not going to carry a tonfa or a pair of nunchucks, or something like that. No, no, no I
1: nunchuck, You not You might carry the nunchucks. <laughs> yeah. You might carry the nunchucks. <laughs> yeah,
3: I kind of have, <laughs> have my own little pair of nunchucks right here. I've got, like, this thing called a key smart, and it's basically this, like, metal thing that you, you can put your keys on, so that way it acts kind of like um, kind of like a Swiss Army knife. You can just pull out whatever uh, key you want, cool. Swiss Army knife. And it's heavy. <laughs> And I've got, like, um, I made this um, paracord um, key fob um, that is waxed with uh, a piece of dowel in the middle, and it's attached to uh, a, a, a medium-sized uh, latch. So I've got, like, two heavy two heavy sides, and those are my keys. There's my pair of nunchucks right there. So the last uh-huh. time some guy said to me, you ain't going to carry nunchucks, I pulled out my keychain, and I'm like, yeah, I can.
0: and the problem with
2: saying that you're not going to carry a sword is if you walk into my yard or if you look on my facebook you'll notice i have plenty of those
0: yeah i have a sword
2: collection and i do practice especially outside trust me the nevada pd know that very well (laughs) and uh so if you break into my house all of a sudden you will see that i can wield one of those with very good efficiency
3: yeah you know (laughs) my mom my mom she's so funny i have like a uh, an extensive collection of uh, asian swords too from like malaysia and and the philippines and china japan and stuff and there's swords like hanging around everywhere in my room and one day i couldn't find one tai chi sword and i'm like mom have you seen the tai chi sword that oh you don't know what they look like she's like oh this one and she put it like underneath or a recliner. And I'm like, Mom, what are you going to do with that? You know, well, if someone manages to break through that door, I don't care what yeah. I know. I'm going to pick this know. up with both hands. I'm going to cut somebody's head off. And I'm like, you go home. <laughs> Let me find you a lighter
0: sword, though.
3: You know? <laughs> Mom, I can just see it. I come home, and there's some dead guy on my stoop.
2: <laughs> oh, come and on. You head. know for a fact all you'd be and doing is scrutinizing his, his, the cut.
3: Right. You
0: know,
3: (laughs) oh, my God. So, yes, folks, you know, uh, weaponry, it it has its advantages. But are we against learning, you know, reality-based weapons like firearms and and knives? Of course not. You know, know, we're shooting as much as the next person. uh, But there is benefits to it. Now, I wish we had more time. We've only got 60 seconds left of our broadcast. Uh, Thank you so much, Tony uh for joining us and thank cool. you so much Professor Patrick for joining us for the last ten minutes of our of our show and thank no you problem. Bob. Good
1: to hear from you again
3: also, Patrick. Hey yes, man all he-
1: right. Good good somebody. to talk
3: to you guys again. Yeah. Well we we'll, uh keep uh keep uh tuned in to uh the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page for any of the uh future episodes <laughs> that we might have. We, what? we we need to like I need to get my schedule all um all wrapped up before uh uh, before next week and next month, actually, we need to get that all wrapped up. It's just been so busy we haven't been able to to do much. But all right, everyone, have a great rest of the week. Have a great evening and right. have a great week. Likewise. See everyone next time. One, okay, bye bye now. Bye
1: bye.